It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast with your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. Take a seat at the table and join the conversation as David, Kevin, and their guests discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology to song selection. Feel free to poke fun at David's hair, talk football, or bring up other topics that have nothing to do with worship. We want to add your voice to the conversation. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Or just head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop a note in the comments section of any episode. And now, it's time for the show. <laughs> We've got old microphone stands here in the Ministry Catalyst studio. No, they aren't old. They're vintage. These, they're, they're vintage yeah. microphone stands. You, you, do, you do have to bring in your like pet gorilla to tighten these things yeah. up though, man. Like, like you need uh you need several hundred pounds of pressure to uh um to tighten. But luckily we're piano players, so you know we've got that hand strength. Man, right? not me, dude. My my uh you know I was wearing those wrist braces for for a That's while. Right, yeah. And uh, yeah, my my grips uh all this stuff right here, the cartilage is just like falling apart. Too much piano. Too huh? much piano. Yeah. I too much octaves. I I've tried to not do octaves anymore, but sometimes you gotta just Well yeah. I you mean, gotta do the you octaves. You gotta pull man. that melody out, you gotta pull that lead out, whatever it is. I there's know. no better way to you do need, that with you need octaves. that yeah. Like we're doing a you know, no longer slaves this Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that's a I mean I'm like how do we not do that without octaves? You know, bum 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 So you bum, need to get bum, on bum, 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 bum. um uh Get, you start using main stage and then you can just program Ooh. a patch to just play one note but it plays an it octave. It plays the octave. Yeah. yeah, see, that'd be the smart thing. Instead, I'll just continue to destroy my hands. Yeah, so oh. in 10 years, you won't be able to play piano at yeah. all. But then I'll be a senior pastor yeah, like so, you. So, you know. <laughs> it won't matter. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never yeah. play piano anyway. David, uh, uh, yeah, sorry, Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast. Yeah. This is, I'm Kevin. Episode 170. I'm David. This is David. He, uh, he was a worship pastor. Yep. For years and years. Years and years. And now he's a senior pastor. Yep. Now I don't play piano ever. No. Actually, I played piano in here for a little recording stuff oh, for fun. somebody this was week. It, was it? So I'm curious, when you actually get a chance to play piano, is it kind of like refreshing? Like, is it kind of fun? Or is it like, meh? In the moment, I enjoy it. Yeah. But I still, like, there's still aspects of it that I, that lead me to dread and be frustrated <laughs> and things like that. You know. Just working with musicians, sure. You know they're a little more aloof, is probably the polite way to put it. Quirky, and, uh. and so, um, so that can that kind of brings its challenges. And yep. so, but yep. when I'm in the moment playing music, it's really enjoyable. I'll say that totally. Let's leave it there. Okay. Yeah. Done. But uh, so yeah, but we got to talk about football before we start talking about Hello. worship because yeah. college football just started it, and I know most of our listeners probably don't care but it's a tradition for us tradition to yeah, talk football the, the episode where college football season begins and you'll notice what I'm wearing I wore this in honor saw, of you yeah, David yeah, yep. I'm I, I should have worn my Buckeyes shirt I know, I'm wearing my Oregon Ducks football hoodie and, you and were I was at, at the, the game, game. Yeah. yeah I went to the opening the home opening game which has kind of become a tradition for me 
Uh, this is my uh, fourth year cool. now going to the home opener for the Ducks. It will not become a tradition for me to go to the Buckeyes home opener. No, that's a little harder to Unless get I to. win the lottery or something, you know. Which would be awesome. Which I'd have to play the lottery to be able to win the lottery. So right. that's probably not going to happen. Not, yeah, because, yeah, you got to play to win, and I don't ever even play. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but before we get too far in, uh, don't worry, for those who listened to last week's episode, 169, uh, <laughs> you, you might you might have uh, noticed on that episode that we spent about 23, 24 minutes uh, just kind of uh, talking about, you know, life and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is actually David and I, we, we've had busy summers and our first time being together almost all summer. Yeah. So, so we had a lot to catch yeah, up on. Yeah. So but, we did it on the podcast so you could be a part right, of it. Right, right. So if you're, you're curi- our friends and family If too. you're curious what's going on in our life, uh, if you're curious about what's happening in the life of David and in the life of Kevin, go check out yeah. episode 169. <laughs> um, but this episode, uh, we will get to actual worship, worship stuff. Yeah. Um, but we have to, tradition, talk about college football so the Buckeyes, JT Barrett. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, man! You—he's solid. He's the one I said last. That's, last that's year. who you said. He should have been the starter all year, and we. And, and he, then you would have yeah, won the yeah, whole thing yeah, again. Yeah. But you know, I've been so impressed, man, with the Buckeyes. And and for those of you who are listening, you know that me and David have a friendly rivalry. Yeah. You know, Buckeyes and Ducks, and we're kind of natural enemies. Well, because it's worked out perfectly since we've been on this <laughs> podcast to have the Bucks and the Ducks play in the Rose Bowl and National I Championship. So. And, and who won both of those? <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say anything. I'm just saying it's, yeah. it's worked out to be a real Yeah, rivalry. it's worked out great for you, yeah. man. As a Bucks fan, <laughs> uh, the Buckeyes have, um, I don't know, man, it's just been like the Achilles heel for the Ducks. I don't know what the deal is. Yeah. It's hard. Anyway, all that to say, I've been so impressed. Um, I mean, you got to give Urban Myers, the coach for the Buckeyes, mm-hmm tons of credit i mean he has developed and built up some great depth and that's one thing i'm a little disappointed with the ducks coach mark helfrich Mm -hmm. like i feel like he's got a ton of talent but he hasn't built up a lot of depth i think chip kelly will be back in a few years i yeah the the nfl (laughs) thing's not really working for him man no uh we'll see how it goes with him in the 49ers but i think he was pretty buddy buddy with phil knight so i'm guessing he's probably got an open door to return after he doesn't succeed as an nfl coach that'd be sad though to give mark helfrich the boot you know um but he was the offensive coordinator he was so maybe he'll get his old job back maybe that's where he belongs yeah I don't know. I mean, the the Ducks, you know, I think they'll have an okay season. Well, I don't think they're going to be the um, you know, the perennial powerhouse that like the Buckeyes or or Alabama. Yeah, when they when they hired Mark, you know, I kind of had that feeling cuz he just doesn't have the fire, you know. No, like he, he's more do. of a he's more of a calm, you know, quiet mm-hmm. kind of guy. You know, Chip was the aggressive in your face, you know. Mm-hmm. But the thing about Chip is he was a great recruiter. Mm-hmm. And I don't I I mean, I don't know how good Mark Helfridge is at it. I'm concerned because well, he's this struggling is, because they keep stealing quarterback. Yeah, this is the second year in a row they have a graduate transfer starting yeah. at quarterback. And and it's not stealing technically, it's a graduate transfer. Okay. Well. Um so you know you get one extra year of eligibility and uh but they did that with uh Vernon Adams and it, it would have actually been a much better season if uh, he hadn't broken his uh finger on his throwing hand. That kind of uh, threw things off. Mm -hmm. We lost that Michigan State game, and then, you know, the whole season kind of fell apart. Right. And then the defense, you know, just fell apart in the bowl game. And so Don Pelham, the defensive coordinator for 20 years, is out. Uh, Brady Hokey, who was from Michigan, 
uh, the big house. Brady Hokey's now the defensive yeah, coordinator. Yeah, I noticed that this year. I was watching the game, and I'm like, that guy looks familiar. Why yeah. And then they said, oh, it's Brady Hokey. Oh, that's where that's he looks where familiar. That's where I know him. <laughs> But, you know, I, I think the Ducks will have an okay season. I, I, I think that— I'm um, saying three losses this year for the Ducks. That's my prediction. Yeah, I was going to say four, so you're being more generous <laughs> than me, man. Um, but I might get surprised. You know, I was at the game, and uh, their new quarterback, the graduate transfer, mm-hmm. um, you know, Dakota uh, Precup, he, he looked pretty good. I mean, you know, there are some things to work on. Uh, obviously, they're playing, you know, an FCS team, right? Uh, so it, it was kind of a, a gimme, as the Buckeyes were. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's a tune-up game, whatever. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it goes when they actually start conference play. But mm-hmm. um, honestly, I think the three losses or four losses is more a testament to the Pac-12 has just from top to bottom gotten a lot stronger. Um, like I look at the SEC, and like yeah, they got some great teams, but like. They also have some really lousy teams that mm-hmm. are consistently lousy. And the Pac-12... Especially in the East. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Pac-12, for the most part, I mean, there's Colorado, you know. But even Washington State is... is uh, You can make a case that they're they're getting improved oh, yeah. and they're getting stronger. You know, Huskies, Stanford... Well, USC had a horrible game against Alabama. That was embarrassing, but yeah. <laughs> that was sad. Yeah. That was uh well it ended up being like a thirty point spread or something right I mean, yeah it was, it was yeah yeah I, I, it was embarrassing um I, I really hope that USC was gonna come out a little stronger right <laughs> man but the Buckeyes I saw highlights from the game didn't watch the game saw highlights and they're just rolling man yeah well the thing I liked about it, I mean J T Barrett well, J T Barrett looks good man. he's still he's still a little skittish but I think that'll kind of wear off as he goes through I the don't season. know he looked good to me but um. The second team scored a lot of points in the second half of that game, which was really ex- you know exciting for me. That's because, that depth I was talking yeah. about, man. That's that depth. Well, I was always a second or third string guy, so like you never get to score. So like I'm always excited for the second Yay, stringers when the they B get team. to score. Yeah, but they played the whole second half and they scored, you know, you know several times, and so that was good. But yeah, yeah, I think I think the I think the main difference is going to be this year is that uh, there's humility. Mm. And there's a team spirit as opposed to a star-centered kind of approach. Last year, they were like kind of all the stars: Cardale Jones, yeah, and he, Braxton Miller, Braxton and Miller Ezekiel definitely Elliott, had the, the, and, the star thing. Like, hey, I'm I'm the big man on campus here. Well, Braxton Miller calmed down in his last year because he wasn't quarterback anymore. He was he was just a receiver. Oh, that's right. It was Jones who was quarterback yeah. last year. Well, they were yeah they tried Jones and he just failed miserably and you know. What he should have done is he should have gone to the NFL draft after he won the national championship, and then everything that, would have been good last year. Yeah. But um, he cost himself a lot of money by sticking around. Anyway, um, there's not that star mentality. By the way, Ezekiel Elliott is going to be a beast in the NFL. I watched him in that preseason game with the Seahawks, dude. And he, like, and I remember, I, I'm trying, I'm trying hard to root for the Seahawks because I live in Washington State and my kids are growing up in Washington <laughs> State. It's like I need to be a Seahawks fan so my kids can root for their local team, right? Yes, but, Seahawks, man. Let's go Hawks. But uh, what's the dude's name? Not Chancellor, who I'm, I don't really like, but the other guy, the Richard other, Sherman. Yeah, man, they make it hard to root for the Seahawks because they just have the worst attitude and the worst approach to football ever. Ah. Uh, Depend. I mean, it depends on how it's you like look at it. It's like cocky and arrogant and like confident. Uh, sway. It's not confidence. They got it's arrogance. Yeah. 
I and they make it hard for me to root for the Seahawks. I think it's how you look at it because I look at it and I'm like, man, like these guys are crushing it, you know? Like they they believe it. Except what happened they, was Chancellor couldn't lay out Elliot like he <laughs> wanted to. Yeah. And it's become a thing now over the last couple of weeks. I've been I've seen several news articles about how um Chancellor's claiming he wasn't, you know, trying to lay him out, but then he was frustrated that he couldn't lay him out. So obviously he was trying to lay him out, and, you know, so it's like, well, that's going to be a big deal. Yeah. The story I read, you know, the story I read was that, uh, you know, Chancellor was like, hey, you know, it was preseason. I wasn't going full. You know, it's like, if this was a real game, like he, he would have been, you know, he would have been stopped. But, which you know is not true. Well, you know, it's I, Ezekiel Elliott does not get laid out. Yeah, because I've watched him for a long right, time. Right, because because you've seen him as a mm-hmm. as a Buckeye. Um, but I think I agree. All that aside, uh, I agree. I think Ezekiel Elliott is going to be a great running yeah. back. Um, I think he's going to be the uh, the guy we're talking about for the next ten years whoa, as running. Backs. Watch it, man. Yeah. Are you serious? I am. I don't, and I'm not the kind of guy that says that, but like. And it's not just because he's a Buckeye, but you see, after once I saw him playing in the pros at this, at doing the, pretty much the same thing he was doing in college. And I know it's preseason, but yeah. but still, he's gonna be he's gonna be tough. He's gonna yeah he he uh he's one of those north south runners, man. Mm-hmm. He can just run mm-hmm. and uh, he'll go through people, not around people. So who knows what will happen to the Buckeyes? I, I think I I don't know if we'll yeah. Be I was able gonna to say, what, what do you think about getting back to the playoffs? It depends on Michigan. Mm. I was watching our game and like, you know, our score just keeps you know going up and up. But then as I'm watching the ticker, so it was Michigan. Michigan beat Hawaii like 63 to 10 or something like, ooh, that's going to be, that's going to be the game. Are you playing in the big house or are you playing at home? I don't remember. Mm. But that's the game. And now that they've got, what's his face that I also can't stand. Who yeah? Who does Michigan have? Um, used to be the 49ers coach. Used to be the Stanford coach. Oh, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, Harbaugh. Yeah, you don't yeah, like him either. No, no I don't like Harbaugh. <laughs> That's but, funny. Uh, anyway, so, but I think if we can win the Michigan game, we'll win the national championship game. Yeah, that'll That's be my thing. that'll be a big a big test. Good non conference. Uh, or wait, are they in your conference? Oh yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. sorry. So who who are your non conference games that you're playing? Not very many of them because the the Big Ten is so – there's 14 teams, and so – Yeah, ironically, uh, the Big Ten has, has 14 teams, <laughs> and the uh, the Big 12 has like eight teams now. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think they so, need to rename some of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's but, very confusing. So who knows? Who knows? Pac-12 has 12. It's easy. Yeah. Pac-12. They used to be the Pac-10. They changed their name when they added two teams. It's true. We added Colorado and Utah, mm-hmm. and they're like, let's be the Pac-12. Yep. And that's what we are. Yep. So, anyway, so there's football. There's college football, Yay. a little bit of pro. It's going on. I love football, though. It's the best football time. Football season's of, fun. Yeah. It, Besides it's, Christmas, it's the best time of year. <laughs> it's the most wonderful time. <laughs> yeah. And but, fall, the weather's changing. I know. It's cooling cool. I know. I'm wearing a hoodie like, today, yeah, man. I wore pants today. I'm wearing a hoodie. Yeah. What? So... Um, so we are talking about things other than football. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that, uh, if you've been listening for a while, you'll know that, uh, our church, my church, Laurelwood Baptist Church in Vancouver, Washington, we've been going through a, uh, uh, a building repair Mm -hmm. process. And, uh, if you've been listening, you might think, what, you're not done with that by now. Yeah, It's like, come on, man. It's true. We aren't done with it by now. It's been, uh, frustrating to say the least. Uh, we've had delays, we've had permit issues, we've had, um, more delays. 
Uh, we've had cost increases. Uh, we've had, uh, you know, raising money, um, you know, trying to raise money. And, you know, the, the whole thing has, um, the, the thing is, for those of you who aren't aware, we're, we're fixing our sanctuary. So where we meet every Sunday, uh, mm -hmm. it's a gym, it's a multi-purpose gym that we use for our sanctuary. And uh, we found out during some testing that um, the the building was um, not safe. It it was uh, close to being condemned type of thing. You know, like if we had kept meeting in there, like the fire marshal would have shut us down type mm -hmm. of thing. And so we moved out of that space immediately once we got the news. The next Sunday we moved out. Or actually the next Sunday we announced it and we said this is our final Sunday. And then the next Sunday... But we've been meeting in our fellowship hall, mm -hmm. which is not our sanctuary. Right. Um, or we, set up to be a sanctuary. Or set up to be a sanctuary. Now, fortunately, big. we have a, a, a large fellowship hall, uh, you know, um, but it's always been kind of our, our gathering place before and after services, where the coffee is, all the ministry kiosks, like everything is out there, real big fellowship hall. And we have basically converted that into a sanctuary. Mm -hmm. uh, we put a sound system in there. We put a little mini stage in there. Um, it's a lot smaller than, not a lot, it's smaller than our sanctuary. So we're crammed together, less seats, aisles are closer, rows are closer, everything's tighter. And when this all started, they're like, oh, you know, probably like three months, four mm -hmm. months, and you'll be back in, in the sanctuary. Like we're going to we're going to get this thing, we'll get the permits, we'll get it fixed, in and out, done, you'll be back. Mm -hmm. Well, it has now been one year and four months. It's mm -hmm. now been one year and four months since we moved out. And we're still in the fellowship hall. <sighs> yeah, and, uh, you know, the good news is we have the permits. That that was the biggest thing that caused the delay. Which, if you don't know, Clark County, Washington, Ugh. is one of the worst Ugh. places in the entire country of the United States Ugh. to work with permits and codes and all that. It is one of the strictest, most stringent counties. It was awful. In, uh, anywhere. It was awful, man. Yeah. We we eventually, were... especially with churches, they're like really hard What's on the churches. Deal with yeah. That? I know. So we eventually were able to, um, the guy that was reviewing our permits, like, you know, for those of you who don't know the story, we submitted plans. He didn't like them. We resubmitted different plans. He didn't like them. We resubmitted original plans with, with footnotes. He didn't like them. And I think that's the same guy we dealt with Sasha? when we were doing here. Was it Sasha? I don't remember. But Dude. Sasha now is like a like a bad word mm -hmm. in our in our uh, staff meetings, you know. Sasha, Sasha, yeah, yeah. So it, <laughs> that's your swear word. <laughs> that's our son of a Sasha. <laughs> no, and so um, yeah. So uh, you know we, we're doing this whole thing, and you know finally like you know the our engineer, our architect, our building people were meeting with this guy, and we're like, look, just tell us like what what do you need for you to be satisfied with the designs like what is it going to take and he essentially said you know I, I i don't know the exact word i wasn't there obviously but he essentially said like there's nothing that you can do because i don't think that this building basically he wanted he you know you make assumptions when you design a building that like certain things are going to work together so like you know this frame will hold this wall and that wall will hold the roof and he's like, 
I don't want assumptions. I want pure calculations. So it was basically, you're, you know, he's saying, you're telling me that this building will survive an earthquake, but I want you to prove it to me. <laughs> you know, you're telling me that this building will survive a, a snow load, but I want you to prove it to me. You're telling me that this building will survive wind gusts of 120 miles an hour, but you need to prove it to me. Hmm. And so it's like we couldn't prove it because we're making so assumptions. They, where on do the, you find, where do you rent a wind machine yeah, that right. blows 120 mile hour winds? Let's prove it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like you make assumptions on your designs, on mm-hmm. your engineering designs. And you, you know that because the steel is this thick and because the steel is attached to this thing and because that's attached to this outer wall, and because that's attached to the roof, which is attached to the beams, you make the assumption that it will withstand a mm-hmm. snow load of X amount of weight, mm-hmm. but you can't prove it. You mm-hmm. just know the calculations are right. there and the assumptions. Anyway, after that, we were able to appeal to the county, which that takes a process. You have to file a grievance and do an appeal process. And we got a different uh, reviewer. And within like a month and a half, we got the permits. Nice. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, Sasha? Are you kidding me, Sasha? Sasha's probably like uh, like atheist. Like he's probably like bitter, like against Christians, Man. and like he just is gonna hold it to him because. Dude, I don't know I what don't his know. deal was. The only the Sasha only thing personally. I could think of is that he didn't want his name associated with this building mm-hmm. because you know I, the only thing I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I can only imagine that he didn't want his name on anything that had to do with this building just in case anything were to ever happen. He didn't want it to go back to him. Hmm. I don't know, man. Who knows? <sighs> but you got your permits. Right. And You've so started then, moving forward. Yeah, so we got the permits. So, okay, good. And everyone's all excited. The church is cheering. We're like having like praise nights, you know, like <laughs> everyone's celebrating. God's favor has yeah, shown upon you, our Lord. church. We have a permit. Because like literally it was about the one year mark that we finally got the permits. It was May, um, maybe April. So about the one year mark. And so we're like, yay. And then we sat there and waited and waited. And there was problems with the steel manufacturer that was producing our steel beams. And then there was problems with the uh, the way the beams were designed. And then they had delivery problems. Anyway, so finally, just two weeks ago, we finally got the steel, uh, which is what we're using to fix our building. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to reinforce all of our posts with steel um, beams. And... Uh, Anyway, so, you know, here we are. Uh, it is now uh, September 2016, and just a couple of weeks ago, essentially uh, essentially, the construction has finally begun as of two <laughs> weeks ago. Wow. So, <laughs> I mean, there was lots of other little things. Like, oh, yeah, you know, they, they did a lot, you know, they did prep work. They, yeah. they fixed a few things. They added some walls. They, they did some stuff with the sprinkler system. But, like, the actual work of repairing the building finally started a couple but weeks ago. But they have ago. begun. It has begun. And so timelines will actually start to mean something from this point forward. So, yeah, you know, um, back in April or May, whenever it was, when we finally got the permits, the contractor told us, all right, you know, we're going to have you in there by Christmas. I'm not so sure about that Christmas Mm -hmm. time frame anymore. But maybe. Maybe. Because it's in the contractor's hands now, not the county and all this other right. But stuff. that, but that was that was before all the delays with the, the steel. Mm-hmm. So now we have the steel. I'm curious what they think the timeline oh, is. Okay. Um, I feel like it's gonna be after Christmas. I don't know. But if it's not, I told you, man. Like if if we're not in there by Easter yeah. of 2017, <laughs> oh man, I, I might just I might just lose it. Just you, what you should do is just have your letter of resignation. <laughs> 
typed up and dated <laughs> for Easter. <laughs> yeah, Easter <laughs> 2017. A, just go put it on the on the contractor's desk. Yes, if like, you don't get this done, this you're going to cost my church this. <laughs> First, he probably doesn't care. Yeah, he's like, whatever. Not. Okay. Um. So, what's my point? Sorry, that was a long backstory, long wind up. Um. That's what we're all about. This these last two episodes, <laughs> though. <laughs> we're laying the foundation for long for wind future. Ups. No, uh, what what I wanted to share this morning is, um, you know, for me as a leader in ministry, uh, there are times where I, uh, I'm I'm faced with uh, disappointment. I'm faced with um, unbroken promises, you know, uh, like permits not being delivered when they were supposed to, uh, and. And I've realized it. I've Things rec- don't happen in the way you thought they would. Yeah, I'm recognizing with this building, you know, project, this this sanctuary repair project that we are now one year and four months into that was only supposed to take three or four months, you know. Um, I'm realizing through all of this that, that there are times where things do not work out the way that you want them to. And, um, and that's not just this building. It, I think it's life. I think mm-hmm. it's ministry. I think it's church. It, it, it's, it's something you face. But the question is, how do you respond? How do you react? And how do you respond when it doesn't go the right way? When, how do you persevere? And how do you finish well and run the race well when uh, there's obstacles and op- opposition and nothing's going the way it was supposed to go? And it is just it's just a mess, you know, mm-hmm. and you're just like, really? Like, really? We still don't have the permits, you know, mm-hmm. wh- whatever the, the scenario is. So it got me thinking a lot about that reality. It got me thinking a lot about the fact that um, I think in church ministry, in worship ministry, in church ministry, we are often faced with um, challenges and obstacles and things that get in our way. And persevering and running the race and fighting the good fight can get really hard uh when when all that happens so um anyway yeah i don't know what are your uh i've been talking a lot your thoughts your feedback well you know i was you know i think all of us have to face that a lot throughout life where and ministry but just life in general where things don't go the way you thought they were going to go and um you know i've had to deal with that my share of times here as, you know, senior pastor of the church, you know, I thought we would be at this spot or in this place by now and we're not. And it's yeah. like, man, I wish we were here. Right. You know, it's like, you know, and it's, it's easy to say like, Oh, come on. Like yeah. what? Yeah. And, but things happen, you know, you know, people move on, people move, you know, leave your church, not, not for bad reasons, but they, you know, they move and it, and it kind of sets you back. It puts you in a spot where, um, you know, you're having to kind of, and when you're a small church like we are, you know, you're really dependent on volunteers, <laughs> on volunteers, and, and you'll have a whole ministry built around you know key volunteers, and, and if then they that get person called leave. to a different yeah. part of the country, then Oof. you're just like you have to shut stuff down. You know, mm. the, and so then that sets you back, and you lose momentum, and you're like, oh man, I thought, I really thought we had things going now, yeah. and this has just really uh, set us back a, another couple of steps. But mm. um, I think what helps me, or what you know, what what's helped us as a church is, you know, um, the, the long, the long-term goal, the end result, the, the thing we're shooting for is not, uh, a number. 
You know, it's not like the most important thing to us is not reaching this number of attendees or number of members or whatever, number of ministries or, you know, the the thing we're shooting for, like you guys are shooting for at the end of the day, the number one important thing is making disciples. Yeah. And, and so, okay, well, this is a setback and, and this part of the strategy or this, you know, takes a couple of, you know, takes a couple of teeth out of the gear and we're going to grind for a little while, but. But at the end of the day, this is the end, this is the end result we're going for, not these things. And right. so we're driving towards that. And you may have to you may have to take a left turn and go, you know, go, you know, 15, 20 miles out of the way to get back on track. But that's a part of the process that you're walking people through. And, yeah. Well, and, and I think you said something important there. It's easy to get caught up in the numbers mm-hmm. and the metrics and. It's easy to get caught up in the, you know, well, man, like we should have X number of people. And like for me with the with the sanctuary repair, it's easy to get caught up in the number of, you know, numbers like, well, gosh, it's been a year and four months. You know, uh, we were supposed to be in, you know, they had they had said, uh, you know, Thanksgiving of 2015, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, you know, now we're, uh, or 2006. Yeah, 2015. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and now we're, we're talking, you know, Christmas of 2016 or Easter of 2017, mm-hmm. whatever the case right. is. That, that, I think for me, that is where if I let myself go there with the numbers and the metrics, and if I let myself go there with the, you know, with the, the thoughts of, you know, are you kidding me? Or like, why hasn't this happened? That's where I get find myself getting discouraged and depressed and frustrated with ministry. But if I look at it in terms of, okay, um, you know, like you said, we're we're here to make disciples, and that might look differently and may mean that we don't have as many numbers of people or, you know, volunteers that leave. You know, same thing. If I look at it and say, okay, you know, they had said Thanksgiving of uh, 2015, and, you know, that's obviously not happening. But we're gonna trust that when we get in there, it's the right time. Mm-hmm. And when we get in there, like it'll be a great celebration. Mm-hmm. It'll be all the more reason for us to uh, rejoice and celebrate actually being back in the uh, the mm-hmm. sanctuary. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I was listening to Matt Chandler talk about uh, about perspective and God's timing and all that. He's going. They're they're going through Exodus right now and uh, talking about you know the the thought of. You know, God led God. God made this promise to Abraham, and then you know when they moved uh, to Egypt, there were like seventy people. Mm. After after after, you know, two generations essentially. Yeah. And and that and there's only seventy people in this promise. You know, fulfilling this promise of more numerous than the stars. Yeah, and you're like, uh, God, did you mm. make a mistake? <laughs> and then. And then over the next 430 years or whatever, mm. it grows from 70 to, you know, three and four million people. Wow. And, you know, so you literally start to see the, see the, the, the promise come to fruition. But yeah. during that time, they're in slavery. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're slaves. And so it's like, is this, is this the promise you had for us? Okay, there's a lot of us, but we're slaves. What good is your promise, yeah. right? And, mm. and so, you know, just kind of talking, and he used the example of himself with his daughter. You know, his daughter's 13 and he's 42. And it's like, it's like and he'll say, you know, he'll ask her, you know, like, how old are you? Thirteen. You know, do you think your forty-two old, forty-two-year-old father, father might know a few more things than you do, right. and has this different perspective? It's like, how about the God who exists outside of mm. time and has kind of has laid all of this stuff in in work and in motion, and He's got this plan He's working out, and we don't understand 
why it's not happening on our timeline, but it's all part of his big master plan that he's got been laid out from before we existed. So we ought to probably trust this guy. You and, know? That, and that's a great reminder that um, I know it's a little cliche. It's kind of a Christian cliche, but you know, uh, God's ways, you know, are not our ways or higher mm-hmm. than our ways. And, but it is, it's a great reminder because I do the same thing, you know, like the other day, Haley was trying to convince, what was she? She was trying to convince me of something. And, and I, I finally, I, I'm like, honey, listen, like, I promise you it's not true. Like I, <laughs> and I know this because mm-hmm. I've been alive a long time, like a lot longer than you. Mm-hmm. And, and it's that thing. And it's like, is it possible that maybe God, you know, uh, being infinitely older than, than I am, you know, he's older, he's mm. wiser, he's smarter than me. You think that God says, listen, Kevin, you got to believe me. You got to trust me. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you don't get this, but you got to believe me that there is a reason you're not in the sanctuary. And, um, you know, and, and I, I think if I, you know, if I can take comfort in that, if I can find hope in that, it helps my attitude. And my biggest enemy is my attitude, right? Like when I get bitter and frustrated and discouraged and depressed, that attitude is what is what sets me off and pushes mm-hmm. me like down that that road or whatever. Um, and so my biggest enemy is my attitude. But if I can have my attitude and my hope and my focus on Christ and the hope of His sovereignty and the fact that He knows more, and if I can trust in that and rest in that, my attitude's a lot better. It reminds me of this Christmas story. Our family kind of grew to love over the years growing up by Frank Peretti called All Is Well. I don't yeah. know if you've ever heard of it. I know Frank Peretti, but I don't know. It's just a little children's book, essentially, and, and he read it. He did a an odd, an audio version for Focus on the Family, and you know it aired, and so yeah. then we listened to it and kind of became a, a tradition for us. But at the very end of that, I'm going to ruin it, so this is spoiler alert. Spoiler. You know, you, but it's worth going and checking out. But at the very end of it, he says, he starts off the story as the storyteller, and at the end, he comes back to that idea. He says, and all it all depends on where you're sitting and how the view is from there. Mm. And he's talking about how his position as the storyteller, essentially God, as you know, mm. as saying he can see these things that are going to happen in the per, in the char- main character's life that she doesn't see yet, but he can see it because of where he's sitting. Wow! And that's that's the that's what we need to kind of always go back to. I think when we're wrestling through trials and tribulation and struggles like i don't i don't see the end right now none of this makes any sense in the moment but god does and where he's sitting it makes sense so we're just not sitting in the right spot yet to have that perspective that's good good words man good words well hopefully we redeemed ourselves with this episode a little bit (laughs) from (laughs) from the last one and you're walking away maybe feeling a little more uh a little more encouraged or a little little more inspired uh but uh, that's all the time we have. So episode 170 in the can. You can find us online, www.worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can send an email to... Send an email to me, Kevin, at If you want to get a response. Yeah. If you want a response, send <laughs> it to me. In a timely manner. Kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. And you can send an email to me, but I'm probably going to forward it on to Kevin. So there you go. David at worshipministrycatalyst.com. <laughs> but um, facebook.com slash worshipministrycatalyst.com. Twitter.com slash WM Catalyst, and we love and appreciate your reviews and feedback on iTunes. So if you have the time to pop over there and do that, we would be greatly appreciative. But for now, that's all the time we have. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. 